0: I'm concerned about the type of fruit that so many white, straight, cisgender Christians are producing. Is this fruit life-giving or is it poisonous? Does our fruit look like the fruit of the original vine? And if not, what vine have we allowed ourselves to be grafted into instead? Hi, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of the Jesus for Everyone podcast. My name is Herb Montgomery, and this is episode 369. Our title this week is Branches Grafted to a Poisonous Vine. Our reading this week is from John's Gospel. I'll be reading John 15, 1 through 8, from the Divine Feminine Version of the New Testament. I am the true vine, and my mother is the gardener. She removes everything. Every branch in me that doesn't bear fruit and prunes every branch that bears fruit, so that it may bear more fruit. You're already clean because of the message I've told to you. Remain in me as I remain in you. Just as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it remains in the vine, neither can you unless you remain in me. I am the vine; you are the branches. Whoever remains in me and I in them bears much fruit, because you can't do anything without me. Someone who doesn't remain in me is like a branch that is thrown away and withers. They're gathered and thrown into the fire and burned. If you you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you want to and it will be done for you. My mother is glorified in this, that you bear much fruit and remain my disciples. I love uh, this translation of John so much, probably because my late mother was an avid gardener, and it reminds me so much of her. It's important, after almost two centuries of Christian patriarchy, gendering God as exclusively male, that we recognize women bear the image of the divine just as much as men do. Gendering God as male, female, and with non-binary images gives us an opportunity to to break the patriarchal monopoly on the symbols that we use for God. As Elizabeth Johnson writes in the classic work. She Who Is. This is Kindle Location 826. While officially it is rightly and consistently said that God is spirit and so beyond identification with either male or female sex, the daily language of preaching, worship, catechesis, and instruction conveys a different message. God is male, or at least more like a man than a woman, or at least more fittingly addressed as male than as female. Upon examination, it becomes clear that this exclusive speech about God serves in manifold ways to support an imaginative and structural world that excludes or subordinates women. Wittingly or not, it undermines women's humanity, women's human dignity as equally created in the image of God. The symbols used in this week's reading from John are branches, a vine, and and a gardener. And these symbols' function was to encourage the early followers of Jesus to keep Jesus' sayings in memory and to continue following his teachings. And that's what it meant for those early followers to remain in Jesus in the context of, of these specific symbols. The symbol of fruit bearing is also curious. The branches were to bear the vine's fruit. In other writings of the Johannan community, we get a hint of what kind of fruit the early followers of Jesus uh, were to bear. In 1 John two six, it says, whoever claims to remain in him must live as Jesus did. And, and although the passage that we began with focuses on bearing fruit rather than being a dead or a withered branch which bears nothing, in 1 John 2.6 we see that the kind of fruit one bears, well that matters too. And the synoptic gospels make this point. in Luke 6.43 uh, for 44, no good tree bears bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Each tree is recognized by its own fruit. People do not pick figs from thorn bushes or grapes from briars. So what was the fruit of Jesus's life and what should be the fruit of the lives of those who who claim to follow that Jesus. In other words, what does it mean for Christians today, American Christians, to live as Jesus did? And a few things come to mind almost immediately. The Jesus of the gospel story cared about uh, economic justice for the poor in mark 12 40 it says they devour widows houses for a sh- and for a show make lengthy prayers and you can find this also in you uh, can cross-reference that with mark 12 42- 43 and Luke 620 looking at his disciples he said blessed are you who are poor for yours is the kingdom of God or Matthew 25 36 I needed clothes and you clothed me the Jesus of the story was in favor of wealth redistribution he taught Taught, uh, to his his wealthy audience in general, Luke twelve thirty three, 33, uh, sell your possessions and give them to the poor. The Jesus of the story cared about centering those who were being marginalized. In Matthew 20, 16, it says, so the last will be first and the first will be last. Uh, the Jesus of the story taught uh, about debt forgiveness in Matthew 6 12 it says and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors in Luke 4 uh, or seven forty two rather it says neither of them had the money to pay him back so he forgave the debts of both and you can cross reference that with Matthew eighteen twenty seven and also in Luke 4 18 through 19 the spirit of the Lord is on me to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor remember that year the Lord's favor is when all deaths were forgiven. So the Jesus of the story, he also cared about incarcerated people. In Luke 4, 18 through 19, the Spirit of the Lord is on me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners. In Matthew 25, 36, I was in prison and you came to visit me. The Jesus of the story cared about liberating the oppressed. Again, in Luke 4, 18 through 19, the Spirit of the Lord is on me because he's anointed me to set the oppressed free. Uh, the Jesus of the story cared about making sure the sick in society were taken care of. In Matthew 25, 36, I was sick and you looked after me. Matthew 4, 23, Jesus went throughout Galilee, teachings in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness among the people. Matthew 14, 14, when Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them and healed their sick. The, the, the Jesus of the story also remember taught nonviolence. In Matthew Matthew 26, 52, put your sword back in its place, Jesus said to him, for all who draw the sword will die by the sword. And so much more. So let's pause and just for a moment, look a little bit at this list that we've we've made here. Concern for economic justice for the poor, wealth redistribution, centering the marginalized, cancellation of oppressive debt, liberation for incarcerated people, liberation for the oppressed ensuring people's health care needs were taken care of, and lastly, nonviolent resistance to systemic injustice, what would it look like if this were the platform of Christian's Today, What does a response like the Jesus of the story look like in regards to, say, the for-profit prison industrial complex? Or what does a response like the Jesus of the story look like in regards to the school-to-prison pipeline for black people in the U.S.? What does a response like the Jesus of the story look like in regards to the demand for for universal health care, when so many people, even those with health insurance, have to File bankruptcy? What does a response like the Jesus of the story look like in regards to police brutality? What does a response like the Jesus of the story look like in regards to student loan debt cancellation? What does a response like like the Jesus of the story look like in regards to civil rights for our LGBTQ siblings? Or what about the industrial war machine that drives our national deficit and and diverts funds away from our our social good? And what about proposals to defund Social Security and Medicare for the elderly? The list could go on and on because it's in these specifics that we see what it could look like for Christians today to live as Jesus lived to remain in him, to bear the fruit that we all remember uh, the original vine for. And today, my concern is not that Christians aren't producing fruit with our lives. It's not that we are withered branches. We produce copious amounts of fruit. I'm concerned about the type of fruit that so many white, straight, cisgender Christians are producing. Is this fruit life-giving or is it poisonous? Does our fruit look like the fruit of the original vine? And if not, what vine have we allowed ourselves to be grafted into instead? If the vine we're connected to is nationalistic or supremacist or or patriarchal or violent, it's not. The vine Jesus calls us to remain in. Does your life bear the fruit that resembles the fruit at the heart of the Jesus story? Is it life giving? Or is it life inhibiting for the vulnerable within our society? Is it the fruit of is the fruit of your life a blessing or is it a curse? Does it ensure life and thriving for those that society deems least of these, or is it death dealing? Uh, again, as the Johannin community taught, uh, whoever claims to remain in Him must live as Jesus lived. It would be better for branches that bear poisonous fruit to wither for them to die and be thrown into the fire by Mother God than for them to go on hurting others. But, But even better, better than that, would be for those branches to choose to be grafted once again back into the original vine and begin to bear fruit that can feed and heal the nations, like it says in Revelation 22 and Ezekiel 47. Heart group application this week. We at Renewed Heart Ministries are continuing to ask all. All of our heart groups not to meet together physically at this time. Please, though, stay virtually connected in all the different ways that are available for you to do that when you go out. Remember to practice your physical distancing. Continue to wear a mask. Uh, Continue washing your hands. All the things we know to do to stop the spread of this virus. Uh, and, And if you haven't gotten your vaccine yet, get vaccinated. This is a time where we can practice the resource sharing, the mutual aid that's found in the Gospels and, and where we can make sure that everyone in our group has what they need. So number one this week, share something that spoke to you from this week's site or podcast episode with your heart group. Number two, what social issues or challenges we are presently facing would you like to see more Christian support for today? What are some ways that you can support these changes and how can you encourage other Jesus followers to do the same. Discuss that with your group. And then number three, what can you do this week, big or small, to continue setting in motion the the work of shaping our world into a safe, compassionate, just home for everyone? Thanks for checking in with us today, right where you are. Keep living in love, choosing compassion, taking action, and working towards justice. I love each one of you dearly.